sermon is brought to you by Shofar East London. Together, living out the fullness of Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. Lovely to be here, guys. Um, we're gonna, there's going to be a number that will come up that if you want any questions that you want to ask, you can put them on that, send them to that number, and I will try my best to answer them. If I can't, then my wife will. <laughs> She's clever. She's got lots of... But it's really wonderful to be with you. I've just come back from Scotland. For, we were there for two months. Um, I've got my Scottish socks on, just so I won't forget. Um, but we had a lovely time. We did a school of the Spirit and the Word, my wife and I, Karin and I, and it was really amazing. And I want to encourage you, just something that we, we did at our school of the Spirit and the Word is that we did, we did the public reading of the Bible once a week, or twice, once a week, twice a week, once a week. And, and we actually went into coffee shops and we took our Bibles with us. So you can take a Bible or just your phone, which has got like a Bible on. And we would sit and decide, we would get a, read Ephesians, Colossians, or whatever, and we would read those two books for two hours and read it loud to one another in a group. So people would sort of like eavesdrop, and they think like you're sitting in Costas, which is a nice coffee shop, and they listen. So I want to encourage you, you saturate the atmosphere with the Word of God. Just read the Word to one another. And kind of like if you read something that's awesome, say, yes, this is cool, man. I've never seen this before because... We, 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 you know, we went, we kind of ran through the Bible in 40 days and, and just, for me, just getting a new love again for the Word of God. So, so, so do that, you know, take, take, take friends when you, when you get together and at a coffee shop, just take your Bibles and say, let's, before we chit chat about whatever, all the, or Skinner or whatever you want to do, Let's just read the Bible together. Let's just read. And one guy reads a few verses, somebody else just, and you just read different translations and just get excited again about the Word. You know, and it's, it's really an amazing thing. So, yeah, I've been married now for nearly 34 years. In November, it will be 34 years. So, um, you know, Nanette, our eldest, she's 30 years old, and then John is a missionary at YWAM, and Simon is also here. He's a teacher. So, yeah, it's really wonderful to, to just be with you. So I hope tonight that we can find some, some answers. I, I, this morning at the, at the morning meeting, I told them that when God created man and woman, um, the Bible says he made man, which in, in Hebrew, actually it's like pushing clay like this. You just push it together. So it's like, you know, like, that was the, that was the man, okay? But it's amazing. If you read the Hebrew, he formed the woman from the man's rib. So, and, and when he woke up, because he had sleep, he had been sleeping, so God took his rib and he formed the woman. And in Hebrew, woman is actually in, it's actually, if you read the Afrikaans, old translation, it talks about manen. It's like a like a man a man woman like a but it's a woman it's a it's a man with a womb that's a woman you have a womb we don't have wombs although sometimes it looks like I have a womb um, but I've got womb for Jesus here okay lots of womb okay I'm full gospel okay 
But when, when, when Adam woke up, I mean, that was his first word. He said, whoa, man. When he saw this amazing thing that God had made. So that's where the word woo man comes from. Okay. So, and then the first Afrikaans word that they spoke, not speak because of English, they said, because she said, Adam, ek het jou lief. And she gave him a, a, a plant to wear, to like, okay, so ek het jou lief. So remember, a leaf is a, so that was one of the first words that they spoke to one another. Those are just some dad jokes. I'm sure you, you guys like them. So tonight we're going to talk about dating in abundance. Okay. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it abundantly. So he doesn't want us to just date like mediocrity. He wants us to date abundantly. Okay. And in, in the, actually, I actually found this in the, in the, um, Passion Translation. It says, a thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter, and destroy. But I have come to give you dating in abundance. More than you expect. Life in its fullness until you overflow. It's only in the passion. Okay, because dating is passion. It's in the passion translation. So God has given, he's brought, he's going to give you, he wants to do it in overflow. Because that's who God is. So tonight I want to, I'm going to talk a little bit and then we're going to have questions and answers. So if there's no questions, then I'll just bring a few answers. That's fine. So tonight let's, let's start reading from Romans 12 verse 2. If you don't, it's just the one verse where Paul is writing to, to the Roman church. He's in jail and he's writing to them and he he basically says to them, stop imitating the ideals and the opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in His eyes. The, the problem that, that we have with dating and with relationships is that it's, it's our source, that we kind of go to the world for answers. So, you know, and if I can give you a good, you know, just some good advice, don't go to Sea of Underland to find out how to date. It doesn't work. Or whatever other programs you watch, Benelanders or whoever. The world doesn't, they are not, that's not the place to go. Our go-to is God, because God created, God is relationship, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So, He is relationship. So, if we want to know about relationships, where must we go? We go to Him, and we go and find our answers uh, with Him. And, and so, it's, it's so important that, that we just do that. So, let's talk about dating. I think one of the one of the lies is that I have to find my soulmate. Okay, that's that's actually a Greek concept. It's not it's not a biblical concept. A soulmate is like I don't know. It's like there is no there isn't something like that. But a lot of people say I, there's somebody that was created specifically just for me. Now, sorry to burst your bubble. It's not true, because God created all of us, and He wants us to find one another. It's not that he's given just one person 
it's like he stops the whole creation and says, okay, it's like I'm going to match these two people. Even the one lives in Russia and the one lives here, but they are soulmates. I mean, how the hell can that happen? It's not going to work. It's, you're not going to get there ever. So, so, and, and it's actually the whole thing of a soulmate is based on Greek mythology. Um, because in Greek mythology, you know, there used to be actually the, the, with the, the, the Greek gods became angry and so they actually chopped people in half. So they became two. So it's weird, but you don't, I mean, I don't want to teach you on Greek, Greek mythology, but that's where the whole soulmate thing comes from. The reality is that, that God created man and woman and he said that they should be together. And, to spiritualize the whole thing of being a soulmate is actually narcissistic because it's all about me. Where's my soulmate? I need him. You know, it's like, I'm so needy. I, it's all about me. It's not about you. It's not about you. It's about him. It's about God who created you and he created you to have life in abundance. He wants you to, to date in abundance. He wants you to find someone but if you're going to sit around and wait for your soulmate, I'm sorry for you. It's not going to happen. You, you have to. It's like that guy that says, but I, I've asked the Lord for a chicken so many times, but I've never found a chicken. It's like, he says, no, man, open your eyes. Look, ask the Lord, show me a chicken. And when you see a chicken, then you go and slaughter the chicken. Okay, but you're not going to slaughter your date. Okay, woman, ladies, behave yourselves. Ask the Lord. Lord, where, where, where are these people? And, and don't sit and wait around for a soulmate. Because successful marriage is finding the right person. Don't, don't marry an axe murderer. If you know that he's an axe murderer, don't go there. Don't go into a relationship with weird people. Okay. If, if he's weird when you start, he's going to be weird. So, and I mean really weird, weird. Like, like, or he's, he's, he's like, you know, make, make sure that, that, that you don't do that because I, unfortunately he's not going to change. If he's killing people with an axe, he's going to keep on doing that. So, I mean, that's extreme, but don't go there. A lot of times we say, oh, he will change. Once we're married, he will put his axe away. No, he won't. And unfortunately then you are the closest one to him. So stay away from the axe murderer. Don't go there. <laughs> it's scary. It's, it's so ridiculous. Don't, don't make a choice with your emotions. And, and we'll talk a little bit about that. I mean, if you wake up tomorrow morning and you say, oh, you know what, I actually, yes, I don't feel like going to work today. I'm going to phone my boss and say, listen, you know what, my emotions are actually telling me that I'm not going to come. So what is your boss going to say? My emotions are telling me you are fired. Because now I am angry. Okay. But why is it that when it comes to the biggest decision in your life, that we use our emotions to dictate? This feels so good. Oh, my word. This feels right. Okay? It has to be right. And this attraction is so amazing. Because, but I cannot go on my feelings. Because I can tell you tomorrow morning when you wake up, you're not going to feel like going to work. But unfortunately, you're going to put your will in action and you're going to go to work. Okay. So we have to, we have to 
not just listen to that. I believe that the fruit of the Holy Spirit in us makes anything possible. And I don't know if you've last read uh, Galatians chapter 5, 23 to 25, but the fruit of the Spirit is not an optional extra. It's supposed to be in your life. Okay? It's not like you, if you want to, you feel like being loving, you can love tomorrow. You know, if you feel like being, bringing peace, you can. No, no, no. It's part of your life. You have those nine fruits. Nothing at all but fruit. Like more than liquid fruit. You are Jesus' fruit. And, and we're supposed to have the fruit of the Spirit. Joseph, I mean, maybe the Lord will help me. You know, there aren't, you won't dream necessarily about your husband. I mean, Joseph had dreams. Hosea, the Lord told Hosea, go and marry a prostitute. So, kind of stay away from that thing. Because if you say to the Lord, he must only speak to you, then he might say to you, go and marry a prostitute. It's like, a prostitute. He didn't say, I mean, go down into the quigney and go marry a prostitute. Scary. So, don't. There's actually much easier ways to find a husband. Okay. Or a wife. Okay. There there are easier ways. Okay, so let's look at a few things. How do I find the one? How how do I find the one? Okay. In in this context, it's important that that he knows Jesus. It's kind of that's the start, that's one if you want to tick that you need to tick that off. If he's a Muslim, don't marry him now. It's not going to work. You, you're going to have trouble. Well, you're going you're to have to convert. Um, and I don't think you want to. So, so make sure, or don't, don't, don't marry a Jewish person, because you will have to become a Jew. Okay, but we, we, we think that once we're married, everything will change. Get that out of your mind, because that's not the truth. When you get married, the Bible actually says people that get married are mole. They're going to have trouble. Okay. Well, that's not, not the Bible. Paul says that. Okay. Paul in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians says, if you get married, you're going to have trouble. 1 Corinthians 7 verse 1. And, 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 and that's the truth. But you know what? I would have trouble every day, any day, because I love my wife so much. And God created marriage. So that sometimes, and we've, we've had trouble. But you know, not that she knows. <laughs> but it's, 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 you know that, that getting married is not an easy thing. And, and I read this morning, I read that verse in, in, in Proverbs that says that, you know, if you, if you want a clean, Proverbs 14.4 says, the only clean stable is as empty, is an empty stable. So if you want to work the work of an ox, and enjoy an abundant harvest, you'll have to have a mess or two to clean up. So, if there's an ox in, the, in, your, in your, it's going to make a mess, okay? So, that's what ox do, or whatever the animal is. So, and it doesn't mean that a, a, a guy is an ox, or a bull. So, now don't marry a bull, marry a lion, okay? Um, I'm just joking. You can marry the bull if you want to. But if, if, you, if you don't want to have a messy life, don't get married. Okay. But it's good to be married because God says, why did God create marriage? 
He, in Malachi chapter 2 verse 15, God says he created marriage so that he will have an offspring. God wants an offspring. He wants a nageslag. He wants a descendants. He wants people to be, to, from my three children are our offspring. And they will have children that are going to serve Jesus. So there's an offspring. God has an offspring and that's why he created marriage. And all the other lack of stuff of marriage are part of that. But that was God's plan from the start. Is he said, I'm going to use marriage to populate the world and that my children will tell their children about me and they will change the world. Isn't that amazing to think about that we're going to get married one day, we're going to have children and our children will be part of changing this world because that's what God thought in his mind. Is He created marriage so that he would have an offspring. Number two, first one is it must be a believer. And also the value system that you have. What is your value system? Number two is a good one. How do, how do they react to stuff that shows character? Just put them under a bit of pressure. You know? And I'm talking to men and women. Look at the situation. How do they react? What, what comes out? What is the reaction when, when, there's, when something goes wrong? Because we, when we have a perfect date night and everything's so lacquer, put them in pressure. Put them in a, come into a different situation and see how they react in that situation. It's a good way of seeing their character. Because you can hide your character. You can hide some of the stuff. But when you're under pressure, what's really inside of you comes out. So you need to look for that when you're dating someone. What is their past? Where do they come from? What, what does their background look like? Number four. What, are they, what, what is their family like? If, if you find out that you go to their family and you actually find out they're mafia, walk away. Just walk away. Just like, <laughs> don't, don't go there. But you're not going to marry the family, Okay? But family is important. And they're going to speak into your life. And they're going to, they're going to, so it's important to just see how, and also see how, how does he or she interact with her family? How, how does he treat his mother? How does she treat her dad and her mom? It's very important to see. And it, and it gives us an indication of, hey, this, this guy or this woman is awesome. Allow other people to speak into your life. Uh, your parents, if you, if, you, if you can speak to your parents about this, talk to them about this. It's sometimes very weird to talk to your parents, but you know what, it's a good thing to ask them, because they kind of have lived a life. And again, if your parents are ex-murderers, don't ask them, okay? <laughs> but if your parents, if you can, speak to them, or... Get someone. Don't ask everybody. Don't go speak to someone who's just had a breakup and say, what do you think about relationships? They're not going to give you good advice. Or, you know, it's like, just don't go there. Ask, get people to speak into your life. And the problem is because if you get emotionally involved with someone, sometimes you can't see the flaws. Okay. And we talk about an emotional attachment. Sometimes you just get emotionally, you just get warped. 
And you just, you can't make that. And sometimes you just need someone. Give, give someone the right to speak into your life. And don't be angry with them. When they tell you something, say, okay, listen, even if you don't agree, just say, listen, I'm going to process this. I'm going to speak to you. I'm going to allow the Lord to speak to me about this. Number six is don't just marry them because they've just given their life to Jesus. Don't do that. Some, some guys or girls will actually accept Jesus just to get you. And, I'm, and it, it's weird, but it's, and it's not good. But if they've accepted Jesus, yay! Thank you, Lord. We are so glad. But now it's begun. You've, you've accepted Christ. So, you know what? This, we, we still, now we need to start working with that stuff that you are struggling with. Remember you talked, you told me how you're struggling with pornography and, okay, so we're going to work through this crap in your life. We have to. We're not just going to, because he's accepted Jesus, yay, everything is right now. No, it's not necessarily, yes, it's right. Jesus has healed and he's done something in this person's life. But there's still a process because as a, as a therapist, I can tell you that there is no quick fix. Okay, if there was a quick fix, look out for my book tomorrow. Okay, there is, there is no quick fix. It's a process. So walk with this person and say, I'm so glad that you've accepted Jesus. And you know what? It's a good exercise then to start praying with that person. Don't say that we're going to pray together when we get married. Pray now. Make sure that he can pray with you or she can pray with you. Spend time with the Lord. Have, read the Bible. Speak to each other. If it's not happening now, your marriage is not, it's not, a, it's, that's not like a magic wand that changes everything. It has to be before you get married. Okay. And slow down, man. Just deal with that stuff. He's come to Christ now. Praise the Lord. She's come to Christ. I'm so glad. We've prayed for you. We're glad you've made the right choice. But you have to look at the bigger picture. Talk about the process. Look about the character that is changing. You know, Joseph, when Joseph had his dream, his parents were very angry with him because he said like all of you are going to bow before me but it was the vision he had was actually the truth but he wasn't there yet it's like yeah this was the word that was spoken over his life but but he had to his character had to actually grow to get to that place and at the right moment when when those two places came together in a day he became the king of Egypt, or the second in charge. But it took time. How did God work in his character? He threw him in the pit. You know, that pit stands for people in training. So God threw him in the pit, and he started walking with him. And then from the pit, he went to the prison, and then he went to the palace. So it's PPP. Okay, let's just leave it there. (laughs) So God starts. Sometimes it's like, because you're looking at that person at the moment and they're in the pit. And you think, no ways I'm getting married to that person in that pit. Allow the Lord to bring his character in line with what has been spoken and give it time. It will happen in the Lord's time. Okay, be patient. Just, just be patient and, and give the Lord a, a give him chance to, to do something. But don't just jump in. But it's also, it's, 
It's okay. It's, it's fair. It's fair when you say, listen, I'm sorry. I, wa- I don't want to continue with this relationship. But it's unfair if you keep on with a relationship and it's not good. And you sort of say, okay, maybe it's going to change. Rather just say, listen, this is not working. You know? And just cut it. Just move on. Okay. It's hard. Oh, yeah, you see, that's the problem. Okay, so if you want to, like, lessons in perfection, speak to Karin. Okay, she will teach you how to do that. Because I just, I mean, I just fell in love with her. She was just, although the first time I saw her, I thought she was a cluster cook. I don't know what you call that in English, but anyway. So, because I was, like, very cool. A nun, yeah, like a nun. She was like Joshua, son of nun. Okay, all right. Number seven is don't let your feelings be the final decider. Listen to people because feelings change. Okay. People don't make any decisions on feeling. Nobody, like I said to you just now, if you feel like tomorrow morning Nanette says, I don't feel like going to school today. I'm going to phone the principal and say, "I, I really just don't feel it today. You know, it's like, okay, I just don't feel like giving you a salary anymore, you know. We can't go on our feelings because tomorrow morning you are not going to feel so lacquer. It's like I, I can wake up in the morning and it feels like a train has gone over me or I'm tired. At that moment, if somebody grabs me and says, do you love Karim? I don't feel like I love her, but you know what? I know I do. It's like because love is not a feeling. It's an act of my will. It's my will coming into to work with me and helping me. Don't, don't just go for the outward attraction. It's a dangerous thing. But don't just go for pretty. Because what is pretty? I feel pretty. <laughs> okay. What is pretty? It's, it's the outside. You see, as, as Christians, as, as people that love Jesus... First of all, you are a spirit. Okay, Do you know that? That you are a spirit and you have a soul and you live in a body. So, how does, how does this woman's spirit look like? Because she's just looking at her boobs. You know, It's like, it's just how it works. I mean, I'm a man. I'm a, I was a teenager before. So, the first thing that you look at is you sort of see the woman's and you... Sort of like walk like this. No. What does she, what does her spirit look like? Who likes say yes? What does he look like? Oh, I just see like his biceps. You know, it's like, oh, he's got such a wonderful behind or whatever. Get behind me. You know, it's like, what are you looking at? We, we need to change the way we look at things. Because you are a spirit. And your spirit testifies with Christ that you are his child. And if, if when they, when, you know, with, with the whole thing of, of um, I've lost the word again, in proof-based barbers, you know, when they, in vitro or when they do it in a test tube, yeah. It's like, a, oh yeah, that's a room, a womb with a view is like a test tube, okay. <laughs> it's like a little glass, little thingy and the, 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 the but, but when they, when they do that, <laughs> my brain sometimes can just go to these little prankies. And I see the, the egg and the sperm sort of looking out the window. Okay, so 
in, in that womb, in that womb with a view, that, that, that test tube, when, 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 when those, when the egg and the, the sperm come together, there's actually a spark. They've seen that. It's like, it's like a spark. It's life. That's when your spirit is born. Okay? That's when your spirit is born. So it's only later when you, when you develop in your mother's womb that your soul, your mind, your will and emotions start growing. So when, when you are a bit bigger and your mom and your mom and your dad say, Nanette, we're so excited that you're coming. She can start hearing that, but her spirit is already connecting with us. So we can speak life into her spirit. Say, Lord, we bless Nanette's spirit. When she comes out of this womb, man, she's going to be full of your spirit, full of fire, full of grace, full of mercy. So we speak it into her spirit because her spirit is going to live forever. This container is not going to be here forever. Okay. So don't get so, like, so, so heavy in love with your container. Love your spirit more. Okay. So a good thing to do in the morning when you wake up is to say, okay, I'm going to school. I'm going to school now or I'm going to work. So I'm saying, okay, let me speak to my mind. Mind, you're a wonderful servant, but a bad master. I submit you to my spirit and the Holy Spirit. Bow down. And if you feel like it, just bow down in the morning. Just go down. Just bow that down. Emotions. You're a lovely servant, but a bad master. I bow you before my spirit and the Holy Spirit. Will, you are a good servant, but a bad master. I bow you before my spirit and the Holy Spirit. Flesh. You're a good servant, bad master. Not going there. Not going to live out of the flesh. Bow to the spirit. Bow, Bow to the Holy Spirit. All of a sudden, I start seeing a different picture. And you start blessing the spirit of that, that person that you've seen. You say, yo, there's something there. This guy, I like him. Or this woman, she's good. I like her. Start blessing her spirit. Lord, I call her spirit to attention. And I bless her. Father, I pray that her spirit will connect with your Holy Spirit. And that her spirit will discern what you are busy doing. Because something, I'm feeling something in my spirit. I'm not feeling it in my soul anymore. I'm not being drawn by my emotions. There's something happening in my spirit. And I'm looking with different eyes. Because I'm seeing things the way that you see them. It's an amazing thing, guys. We, we need to do that. We need to, we need to start l- living from that place. So, we don't make a decision with our, with, our, with our feelings. Number eight is very important. Don't, don't get physical. Don't, go, don't, don't just jump into sex. Sex is actually a wonderful thing. I've been doing it for 34 years, and I'm yeah, still yeah. I'm okay. You don't die from sex. You don't go blind. Okay? Oh, where am I? No. Um, sex is wonderful. But you know what happened to Samson? He slept with Delilah. And he lost his discernment. He somewhat told her all the secrets that God had given him. Why? Because he was out of his mind. Because he just had sex. He thought he just jumped to sex without having a relationship. You see, a relationship is so wonderful. I want to actually 
connect with your spirit before I want to connect with your soul. But a lot of times, and you girls, I want to encourage you because I know it's difficult because sometimes it feels like if I don't sleep with him, he's going to leave me. Then let him rather leave you, okay? Okay, let him just leave you. Because if that's all he wants, it's not good. Because you are not just a body. Okay? You are a spirit. You are an amazing woman that, that God loves. So don't lose your discernment. See, a lot of people say to me, I've, and I've, unfortunately I've had to tell them this. I'm going to tell you. How do we find out if we are compatible? So we have to sleep. To, no, no, no. I want to say to you that you are compatible. Because God gave a man a penis and he gave a woman a vagina. You are compatible. Okay, it's done. God has already done that. Okay, so just to, is everybody awake? So, it's so wonderful. Guys, learn the power of no. No. It's, it's so easy. It makes you to be respected. Don't be a, don't be a slave. Because a slave says, I have to do this because otherwise I'm going to, you know, you, you, you remain a slave. Don't become a slave of this. Treat yourself with value. You have value. Men and women. And if you're really looking for a spouse or for a wife or a husband, go where the fish are. I mean, Go where the fish are. Go where the people are. It's like, yeah, tonight, there are like fish around here. You know, fish around. Ask the Lord, Lord, show me somebody. Show me, show me their spirit so that I can realize, but hey, wow, here's a fish. Here's a fish. Okay. Take out your first talk, yeah. <laughs> Number 11. Marriage wasn't designed to make you happy. You're supposed to be happy before you get married. Okay. If you're happy before you get married, you're going to have an awesome, happy marriage. That's just how it is. You can't sit and wait and say, oh, when we get married, we're going to be so happy. No, man, just be happy now. Enjoy the relationship. Read the Bible. Pray together. Speak in tongues. Whatever you do on dates. Those are like date things. You know what? Um... Tertullianus was, was one of the guys that, that lived in the early church. And he would say, guys, don't, don't go to the circus for kicks. Like, like they used to go to the circus and then like they would send lions and they would eat people and all that stuff. He says, don't go to the circus. It's not like our Basel Walkie Circus. That was like Nero's circus. So it was like, okay, what's on the menu today? Christians against the lions. And the lions normally won. Okay. Except with Daniel because God closed their mouths. But Tertulliana said an amazing thing. He says, guys, do you want to have some fun? Go and drive out demons. Go and heal the sick. Go and, and, and preach to the lost. That's fun, man. Don't go to the movies. Go and preach. Go and, why don't you and your, ask your boyfriend or your girlfriend and say, how's it? Let's go, pre let's go pray for sick people tonight in the street. Just try that. See how he responds or she. Have fun, man. Just don't, be happy. Marriage is not going to be, make you happy. You have to be happy before the time. Live from the inside out. Don't be a thermometer, because then you're just like the world. That's what we've been talking about. Romans 12 says, do not be conformed to this world. The world says, 
oh my word, this is what's happening. So we just become like the world. We should be different, guys. The church, the church is the hope of the world, the, the local church. Because inside the local church, every, there's everything here that is needed for God to change the world. We have different people in different places, and each one of you can make a difference. But don't think that when you get married, you're going to be happy. Please be happy now. Just become happy, guys. Let the Holy Spirit fill you with joy and, and happiness. And be happy. You know what? And when you are more happy, you're actually going to find a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Because people like happy people. Ask Karin. That's why she likes me so much. I'm happy. Stop listening to the culture. Don't listen to the culture. And then, the whole thing of age. You know, I was, I, was in, I was in the army when I was 18. And some of my friends flew mirages and helicopters when they were 19. That's quite a big responsibility. So why can't you get married when you're 18, 19, 20 years old? And it's fine if you're 30. You, you can wait till you're 35 for that. But, but there's no reason to wait. Why, why are you waiting? Are you waiting for money? I've been married for 34 years. We're still waiting for money. But we're having a good time. Imagine why you went through your whole university looking at all these wonderful women and you couldn't have any sex because you're not married. If you were married at university, you could have had sex. You could have studied with your partner. You could have had date nights every night. And nobody would ask a question because you're doing the right thing. So why are you waiting? It's getting irritating. Why? <laughs> when you're 18, you reach your, your sexual peak. It's like it's going down, people. Why did God make us reach our sexual peak? But culture is telling us you must first make money and then get married. Two is better than one. The Bible says two is better than one because... Um, they, they can do things together. They protect each other. They are there to bless one another. But we are so in this culture. This culture says, when you have enough money, you get married. Because wedding venues are expensive and all this kind of stuff. Nonsense, man. If you're waiting for enough money, stop it now. You're never going to have enough money. Actually, people with too much money are boring and they, they don't know what to do with their money. So, what are you waiting for? Ask the Holy Spirit to help you. And I want to encourage you that God has, he wants to give you dating in abundance. He really wants you to, to enjoy dating. And he wants to help you with that. So, can I just start with some of the questions? What do you wish you knew about marriage before you got married? Yeah. My first thought is that sex was so wonderful. I should have known that before, even, because I thought it was good, but it's better. Okay. Just, I'm just telling you, because this is real. Because God created sex. He, God made it, so we shouldn't be ashamed to talk about it. But it's made for this special relationship, for marriage. And that's why it works. In marriage, God knows it works. What is your take on interracial and intercultural relationship? I love it. And I think it can work if 
again, if, the, if, if people have the same kind of outlook on, the, on life, if, if you're a Christian, then you marry someone who's a Christian. And it doesn't matter from which race you come. Because it's kind of difficult these days anyway. I'm sure in my blood and in my DNA, I've got Khoisan. Because I don't know what our, our forefathers did, but they were. So all of us in a sense, but for me, I'm part of a new tribe. And it's the Jesus tribe. And, and his blood flows through my veins. So when I get married, I want to marry someone whose blood also has, who has the blood of Jesus flowing in them. That is, the, that is the criteria. So I don't want, I'm not submitting to culture. And it's hard. I've done, I've done labola transactions with people and stuff like that. And I, I love culture, but culture can never override what Jesus said in his word. We have to do what the Bible says. Because we are kingdom people. We are of a, another kingdom. And one day when we die, because this, this body is going to go. And I, 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 you know, a lot of us, we all want to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. Sorry, if you want to go to heaven, you'll have to die. This body has to die. And when we in eternity, I mean, this, we're not going to be married there anymore. So, but, but marriage here is, it's wonderful that you can marry someone from, from another culture. My, my son, I mean, my son got married to an, a lady from England. So they're a different culture. I mean, they, they white. But they're different than us. But because she knows Jesus, there's, there's a similarity. So it doesn't matter. If you Kosa, I was born in Zululand, so I have some Zulu blood in me. Um, I, you know, and, and it actually doesn't, that, we are kingdom people. We are from a new tribe, and it's the tribe of Jesus. And so I want to marry from the tribe of Jesus. But it doesn't matter what your color of your skin or where you come from as long as we have the same value about Jesus. Look, now the questions are coming in. Um, how does one form a relationship with the opposite, opposite sex when one struggles with shyness and social anxiety? It comes back to your spirit. Guys, you need to, you need to call your spirit to attention. Spirit, stand up. I call my spirit to attention. And I say to you, Spirit, you are amazing, man. You are so beautiful. And guys, I, I can see in the Spirit, and I'm going to tell you that you, you are like, you, you like small, but your Spirit is like, yeah, hey, it's big. I see your Spirits. I can see your Spirits, and I, I see some angels here tonight. But your Spirit is so amazing. I mean, but we're always focusing on this little puny soul thingy. Mind, will, and emotions. That's what, what drives us. Your spirit is bigger. So if you want to get over shyness, connect with your spirit. Ask the Lord to, 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 to come and do something in your spirit. And start looking with your spirit. And so you call your spirit to attention. You say, Spirit, you tell my soul that he's under your command. I'm not going to listen to... So when you walk into a room, like now you come into church and you think, Oh my word. There are going to be guys there or girls there. You say, when I walk into the door, spirit, you're going in first. So spirit, you walk in front. You're in, you in first. Soul, body, you follow. But spirit, you going, I'm giving you the right to be in control. So just tell yourself that all the time. Be aware of that. Okay. 
is God going to tell me who to marry? Not necessarily. But you will feel, again, there will be, there will be something in your heart. You will feel, not just from a feeling, but from a spiritual perspective, you'll feel that this feels right. And sometimes you, like, and a lot of times it's hard, because if you go on attraction, I mean, sometimes, like, when I saw Karine the first time, I actually thought she was a bit of a snob. But the second time I saw her, she, I was attracted to her. She was beautiful to me, but I, and I felt something sort of draw me to her. And, and, and she's still, I mean, she's still so beautiful to me. But now, because, because I can see her spirit, her spirit is even, like, even more marvelous. So, it's, 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 so there's a connection there. So, but I don't think that the Lord, and, and be careful, you know, that, and don't tell a woman or a guy that the Lord told me that you are going to get married to me. No! Wrong words. Don't use those words. You can, you can in your heart say, Lord, I feel this is the one. You, and thank you that you, but don't tell the person that you'll freak them out. Okay. The Lord showed me you're going to marry me. Where are you? He's run away. Okay. Can, the question, the next question is, can I ask him to tell me? Yes, you can ask him. But you have to look with your spirit. Learn to look with your spirit. Because if you look with your soul, you're going to look for the guy that goes to gym every day. Or a guy whose name is Jim. I don't know. Uh, or a woman whose name is Jeanette. But you can ask him. So what practical tips do you have for the season of singleness? Practical tips for season of sing singleness. It's not easy. <laughs> now enjoy your life. I, I, like I said just now, don't wait to be happy because you're going to get married. Be happy as a single. Be a happy single person. Don't be a elendige single person. Don't be a, like a downcast single person. Be a happy single person. Be happy. Yeah, have friends. Go out. Go have friends. You know what? Friendship is a wonderful thing of getting to know someone. And in, like when you I just go out, like go for coffee and stuff, and there's a bunch of you, and you kind of see just like this, this, this girl is so kind, and she's so nice. She's so happy. She's so full of life. Oh, I, li I like this. This is good. Or, wow, this guy is so kind. He's so nice. He... He doesn't get angry when the waiter messed something on his lap or whatever. So, and then there's someone who's asking, are there any single godly men here this evening asking for a friend? Okay. What I, what I want to suggest <laughs> is something that a good idea is to Sometimes, you know, like when I know that Chris Valentin does this. You just stand up and then you hold hands and then we pray. And then if you kind of feel like you want to like be a friend, just give the person a, like just squeeze their hand. Okay, just give them, send them like a skimp. Just send them a message. Now that's what Chris Valentin does. He freaks people out. Okay. <laughs> the reality is that all of you that are single that God has created you to have a godly offspring. He wants you girls to have children one day. 
And I know that's the last thing that you think of when you think of marriage. But in a sense, you must start thinking about that. Think generations. It's not just about you. There's generations to come through you. And, and get excited about that. And, and, and have children. You know, and know that God created marriage so that it will glorify Him. And don't, don't go to the end, the end of it. Because the end of it actually is to have sex and have... But that happens. That's you jumping the gun. Just have, some, just have fun. Just enjoy life first. Sex is, is, is something that God created for this relationship that is coming. And you'll have lots of time to practice sex when you are married. Okay. And it will be good. Because it's good. And so God wants us to do that. So I want to encourage you tonight. Those are the questions. May, may the Lord help you in this time. May he, may he help you to just connect again with your spirit. And that you will live from your spirit. Because your emotions, I cannot allow my emotions to make my decisions anymore. Okay? Remember, emotions is always real, but they're not always true. Okay? What you're feeling, I feel sad, but they're not always true. I feel, I feel hurt at that moment, but they're not, it's not, it, 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 they feel, they're real, but they're not really true. They're not necessarily the truth at that moment in your life. Okay. Holy Spirit, thank you that we can just come to you. So let's just do that activation tonight. Let's just say, let's just speak that out tonight. Let's just say, flesh, you are a good servant, but a bad master. I submit you under the Holy Spirit and my spirit. And emotions, you are a good servant, but a bad master. I submit you under my spirit and the Holy Spirit. Will, you are a good servant, but a bad master. I submit you under the Holy Spirit and my spirit. Mind, you are a good servant. Yes, that's a bad master. I submit you under the Holy Spirit and my spirit. Thank you for listening. Find more on Shofar East London's podcast channel. Let's do life together.